bourgeois guitars are nothing short of inspiring and jaw-droppingly gorgeous. But with so many different custom options, where do you even begin researching these guitars? Well, you can start right here. On today's show, I'll be sharing with you five bourgeois guitars that have officially knocked my socks off. This is episode 256 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, a show packed full of inspiration and fun designed to help you get more fulfillment, progress, and joy from your guitar journey. Throughout today's episode, I'll be keeping you in the loop with some acoustic news you can use, from my dear friend Charlie Parr releasing something new, to some guitar geeks eating the hottest chip ever made and much more. Plus, I'll be sprinkling in some comments from the Guild Guitars episode. We'll get to all that here in just a bit, but first, my five favorite bourgeois guitars. And coming in at number five is a guitar from my very own collection. It is this guitar. It is a large sound hole OMC. OM body size cutaway with a, well, a large sound hole. You've got an aged tone Sitka spruce top, and on the back, we have a beautiful piece of figured mahogany. This this guitar is comfortable to play, and I use it in particular with alternate tunings, more uh, darker alternate tunings. I like using it with dadgad. I like using it with minor tunings because there's not a lot of overtones on this particular guitar. It's dry, it's woody, and it's very direct, making it a perfect match for finger picks, making it a perfect match for those, well, more sinister alternate tunings. The number four spot is held by another guitar from my collection, and it's held by this custom OMSC. This is a guitar that I had designed specifically for alternate tunings, lower alternate tunings. In fact, right now I have it in a C tuning. And it's just lush and beautiful. It has this wonderful bloom and it has a ton of overtones. And that was really the whole idea. It's got an aged tone Italian spruce top. It has cocobolo back and sides. It does indeed have a shorter scale length, a wider nut and a cutaway. And I have to tell you, this is one of my favorite guitars to play because of its comfort and also because of those lush overtones that it offers. Coming in at number three is not this guitar, obviously. Uh, we just looked at it. Coming in at number three is one of the very first bourgeois guitars I ever played. Quick little story. I was working at the Old Town School of Folk Music. I happened to be the instrument buyer, and I thought to myself, I've heard a lot about these bourgeois guitars. We should carry them in the store, and we did. I ordered three guitars right off the bat, and the one I'm about to share with you is the one that definitely knocked my socks off because of its name, and I should actually say because of it living up to its name. Coming in at number three is a bone stock banjo killer. 
Yes, a banjo killer. Now I say bone stock because that's how I had ordered it. You can do a bunch of different custom options, but I'll share with you the specs of the one that I played. And you're actually gonna hear the one that I played because it was captured on video. You'll see a very young Tony playing a bourgeois banjo killer. But with the banjo killer, you have a beautiful Sitka spruce top, mahogany back and sides. Again, generally speaking, you can customize it, but it also has a longer scale length, 25 and a half inches. It's got a snakehead headstock, and it's just this beautiful slope shoulder design with this snakehead headstock, longer scale length, and it is loud. But it's not just loud. It has wonderful depth of tone. Now, this recording was done back in uh, 2007, 2008 maybe, probably 2007, and uh, the recording technology at the time wasn't great, so the audio quality isn't top-notch, but I think you'll hear that it's actually a rather powerful instrument. Here's the video. I can't believe we're down to the number two spot already. In fact, I'm looking at my list down here and the number one spot is the one that got away. You'll see what it is here in a moment, but first, uh, the number two spot is held by this Dreadnought, a country boy Dreadnought, the classic workhorse bluegrass guitar. This guitar has an Adirondack spruce top, mahogany back and sides, classic 25 and a half inch scale length. It is dry, it is woody, and it offers bass. And I have to tell you, this guitar, it's time for another story. Uh, this guitar is actually, was actually Courtney Hartman's guitar from when she played in Della May. And it's really funny because two weekends ago, yeah, two weekends, two weekends ago now, I had the chance to uh, hang out with Courtney Hartman at the Fretboard Summit and I said, hey, I have your old guitar. And she shared with me some pictures. Uh, Della May did a tour overseas. Um, I think it was called American Music Abroad. And uh, you'd go to all these various countries and play music. And um, this guitar was with her for that. So, so she shared with me some pictures from that trip with this guitar and I thought, Man, to me that elevates this guitar's uh, meaning and mojo, at least in my eyes. Uh, so I'm happy to own it, but I'm also happy to own it because uh, it is an awesome bluegrass guitar, plain and simple. It has everything you want. Uh, so let's go ahead and listen to it. Coming in at number one is a Bourgeois OM with a large sound hole. Now, this guitar was sent to me for review. And I reviewed it and wow, wow, wow. It's as if somehow the inner workings of a piano were stuffed into an OM-sized guitar. This guitar had it all. Great responsiveness, very clear articulation and note separation, and it was extremely comfortable to play. It had a bound large sound hole. I believe it had an Adirondack spruce top, rosewood back and sides, and it just, well, first of all, it looked, it was breathtaking to look at, 
but sonically, oh my, just a complete instrument. You could flat pick it, it was clear as a bell. You could finger pick it, it was clear as a bell. Bottom line, it was clear as a bell. A truly complete guitar. I actually had the opportunity to purchase this guitar, but the timing wasn't right. But it still, to this day, is in the number one spot for me in terms of the best bourgeois guitar I have ever played. So I've talked it up quite a bit. Let's go ahead and give it a listen. Okay, that is my top five, but I wanna hear from you. It's your turn to weigh in. In the comments below, please let me know the best bourgeois guitar you have ever played. Conversely, if you've never played a bourgeois guitar, what's one that you cannot wait to get your hands on? Please let me know, again, down in the comments below. Okay, I wanna give you your, uh, think of it as your first dose of acoustic news you can use today. And our first story has us going to Sisters, Oregon, and visiting the folks at Thompson Guitars. They are putting on their third flat pick camp. It's happening October 7th, 8th, and 9th, and the space is limited. It's limited to only 18 students, and to the best of my knowledge, it's currently half full. So if you're sitting there thinking, well, gosh, I'd love to go visit the folks at Thompson Guitars, and I'd love to go for three days, hone my flat picking skills, this is your chance. All you have to do is reach out to Christine at Thompson Guitars, and her email is Christine, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, at pktguitars.com. Now, some of the instructors that are going to be there are going to be uh, Daniel Miller, Jack Tuttle, yes, that name should sound familiar, familiar, that is Molly's dad, uh, Dale Adkins, and then there's a fourth instructor that will be announced. So go ahead and mark that on your calendars. It is sure to be an awesome time. Okay, next up is some news from my good friend, Charlie Parr. Charlie Parr was recently interviewed by Guitar World Magazine when he was overseas doing his UK tour. And I want you to check out the full article, of course, but there is one quote that I wanna to read to you right now because it hit me like a ton of bricks. Yeah, playing guitar is something I do every day, no matter what. And later on in the interview, he cites a book. In fact, I found this rather profound. He says this, there's this part in Breakfast of Champions, the 1973 novel by Kurt Vonnegut, where he's talking about a painter who says that nothing matters except putting paint on canvas. All of the selling and crap doesn't matter. You could put them in a space capsule with a canvas and paints and they'd be happy. I feel that way about guitar playing. If I get to touch the strings and play a little lick and make some sounds, that's all I'm after. Everything else is gravy. Mark your calendars for October 11th of this year because Charlie is releasing a book sharing the same title as his last record, The Last of the Better Days Ahead. Now, I'm gonna go ahead and read you a quick description that he wrote of this book. Here's what he had to say about it. This doesn't feel like a book I wrote, more like a bunch of meditations on certain small details connected with songs that I wrote for the last record. 
These little scenes might have become songs, or I could have kept going and tried to write them into some kind of normal short story. But I left them alone in this weird kind of in-between place where they don't feel like songs or stories as much as overheard bits of conversation or unfinished descriptions. In any case, I wrote this and here it is, complete with illustrations by Jeff Mitchell and an introduction by Abe Smith and I hope you like it. Now, let's go ahead and take a look at some comments from the Guild Guitars episode, but first, I have to get back to the desk. Back on episode 253, I talked about my favorite Guild guitars, and the comments section from that show absolutely blew up with Guild guitar love. Here's a quick example. Our first comment comes from Sean Hallahan. He says this, Wow, so great to see Guild getting all this love. Tony, you did a D120 demo in 2016. Listening to that bass E was mind-blowing. My son has the 1995 arched back F20 that Sam Ash had a run of 50 guitars remade just for them. Acoustic Guitar printed my article on it. I am so digging your Guild video. Thank you. Well, thank you, Sean. I'm so glad that well, I'm so glad that you love the video. I can certainly sense your enthusiasm for Guild through your comment. All right, next up is a comment from Sam Maynard. He says this, Hi, Tony. Kind of off topic, but thank you for introducing me to John Fahey's music. I have been listening to it for a few years now, and nothing is as hypnotic. Love it. Also, I have one of those new Californian M20s, an excellent finger picker. Sam, I'm so happy that you, uh, well, you have a great guitar and that you discovered John Fahey's music through the show. You know, John Fahey was uh, very responsible for ushering me into the finger picking world, and it sounds like he's having that same effect on you. I want to mention a couple more artists you might be interested in, especially if you like that hypnotic American primitive finger style guitar playing. Uh, you've got Robbie Basho, B-A-S-H-O. You've got Daniel Bachman, B-A-C-H-M-A-N, uh, an East Coast player, a newer American primitive finger style guitar player. And you've got, uh, I'll throw in Gwenifer Raymond as well, R-A-Y-M-O-N who's actually, I believe right now, on her first U.S. tour. She's over in the U.K. Um, all phenomenal guitar players that will uh, give you those same hypnotic vibes. Now, I've got some more comments from the Guild episode, as well as some great news coming up, including two of my dear friends eating the hottest potato chip ever made. Uh, it's something you're not going to want to miss. It's a real dandy. Um, but first, let's see what the TAC family is working on today. Every day within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, the TAC family focuses on one of the five essential categories of guitar improvement. On Mondays, there's a technique challenge. Tuesdays, a guitar lick challenge. Wednesdays, an improvisation challenge. Thursdays, a rhythm guitar challenge. And Fridays, a chord transition challenge. Today is Tuesday. The TAC family is working on a guitar lick. And here is what they're working on. Your Tuesday Tack Guitar Lick Challenge is entitled Jack Skellington. It's in the key of G minor, and it is, well, it's playfully spooky, hence the name. I want to show this to you in two different scenarios, but first, let me go ahead and play the lick so you can hear what it sounds like, and then we'll take it into a musical context. Okay, here it is. It's a nice little, uh, almost circular G minor lick. 
seems pretty simple, and it actually is. It's nice to integrate those single notes while you're finger picking. Now, before we get to the musical context, TAC fam, if you wanna learn this note for note, please log in. This is your daily challenge. Go ahead and click Start Challenge. That'll take you to the teaching video, and once you're through with that, you can move to the play along video. Uh, go ahead and pick a speed that is comfortable for you, and don't forget to open up the tab by clicking on the icon in the lower right-hand corner. You can have the video and the tab right next to one another for a, um, uh, a guitar one-two punch. Okay, how do you use this? Uh, one of the ways that I really enjoy using this and one of the ways that I think it sounds really good is going back to a G minor chord from another chord within the key. For the example I'll play for you, I'm gonna go from a C minor to a G minor chord. So again, you're almost using this lick as a transition to come back home to that G minor. Okay, here's how that would sound. Just again, a nice little transition. Now, there's another way that you can use this, and I think it's uh, it's really important to underscore the fact that this is a closed position lick. What does that mean? Closed position means there are no open strings. That allows you, that gives you the freedom to move it anywhere you want on the guitar neck to play in any key. So here we're using it uh, for the key of G minor over a G minor chord. you want to play it in A minor, all you'd have to do is bump it up two frets, play the same exact thing. If you want to play it in B minor, bump it up two more frets. Bent the string a little out of tune there, but you get the idea. Um, in fact, I, I actually played that two different ways. The first two I played, I was using an alternate picking approach on my picking hand, alternating between the thumb and the index finger on those single notes. And then that last one I played, I just repeated the index finger using that for all of the single notes. Neither is better. It just allows you to offer two different textures. Alternating between the thumb and the index um, it provides this, it's, it's a more muted approach where the single notes are choppy and they cut off very fast uh, because of the muting that ends up happening. So there you have it. Awesome lick. One that I think you'll find very useful as a transition, uh, whichever key you choose to play it in. Now, before we get back to the show, I want to talk about sounding bad. I want to talk about that feeling where you hit a note and it just doesn't sound great. And specifically, I want to pair that with how uncomfortable it is to sound crummy. Okay, let me just rattle off a few math equations. Sounding bad usually equals progress. Feeling discomfort usually equals progress. And I have one more that I wrote down. Not knowing how to do something usually equals progress. See, these are three things that we usually look at as negatives. I don't know how to do something. It sounds bad. Um, I'm feeling discomfort pushing myself to do this. They're not negatives at all. They are the precursor to progress. See, if you're trying something new that pushes your skill set, chances are it will be uncomfortable. Chances are it won't sound great right out of the gate. And chances are you don't know how to do it. 
those are all precursors to progress. Again, I think it's really important to view those things as positives, as almost exciting feelings because you're about to launch yourself into a whole new skill set. You're about to launch yourself into a whole new avenue on the guitar that you may have never explored. So my challenge to you is to start embracing that feeling of discomfort. Embrace that feeling of not knowing. Embrace that feeling of sounding bad, knowing that you're actually on the right path. Diving back into some comments from episode 253, again, the Guild Guitars episode. If you have not seen it, please do check it out. Uh, the next comment comes from Wallace Rickman II. He says, I was pleasantly surprised to see the OM120 on the list. I figured, yeah, yeah, it'll be a bunch of vintage models and a few high-end US current models. I rolled the dice and ordered one a few weeks back. I had no idea what to expect. I absolutely love it though. Oh, and you can add David Gilmore to the list as well. I don't know that he ever recorded with a Guild, but I know he had a Guild 12 string. He was holding it during an interview and played a few little things on it, a snippet of Wish You Were Here. That's actually what planted the initial seed in my head about Guilds when I saw it years ago. Uh, Wallace, thank you for watching. Thank you for the comment. And you know, I, I do my best to try and um, plunk in guitars of all price categories. Um, I can certainly get carried away on the high-end and vintage guitars, uh, as many of us guitar geeks can, but uh, I always try and, and find those uh, those great bang-for-your-buck guitars, and the OM OM120 is one of those guitars. So I'm glad you dug that, and I'm glad that um, you were surprised that that was on the list. Uh, our final comment comes from uh, user 7777con. Uh, he says this, or she says this, you get me so excited to play my guitars. I absolutely love your channel. I also love the Guild OM120. It's amazing. A lot of love for the Guild OM120. And I chose that comment because, well, I just, it made me feel really good, to be honest with you. Um, I'm, I'm glad that, that you get excitement and, and uh, enthusiasm out of this channel, and I'm glad that it encourages you to play your guitars. Um, that was the whole premise behind the Acoustic Tuesday show, and, and I want to uphold that uh, premise and promise every single week because, well, I love guitar, and I want to share my love of guitar with you to help you love the guitar more, and if we all love the guitar together, that means we'll all play more, and the more consistently you play, the more progress you achieve and the more fun you have. Okay, uh, that wraps up the comments from episode 253. And if you ever have a question or you just wanna start a discussion on the Acoustic Tuesday show, please feel free to leave a comment. I would love to uh, get into this rhythm of answering your questions, whether they be playing or gear related uh, during the show. So again, please leave a comment if you feel so inclined. Let's uh, jump in, <laughs> dive and jump. If you combine those two, you get dump. Uh, and I almost said, let's dump back into the news. Uh, let's actually jump and or dive back into the news. <laughs> I wanna show you this picture. It's just cool. It's Sun House and his tractor. I found this on Instagram and I was like, you know what? This picture just, first of all, seeing a picture of Sun House is cool and it just, just has some vibe. So I wanted to share that with you. Uh, you've gotta check this next thing out. Um, okay. Quick story, because next week's show is going to be focused on the Fretboard Summit in Chicago. I learned probably the most important life lesson I've ever learned 
um, at this fretboard summit. And I'm going to tell you all about it next week. But um, actually, the second life lesson that I learned was don't eat the hottest chip in the world. I was hanging out with Matt Ike from Mule Guitars. And I was hanging out with Nathaniel Murphy, who you're probably familiar with. He does a lot of the demos for Chicago Music Exchange. He is a phenomenal artist, uh, one of the one of, if not the best guitar players, I have uh, the the privilege of calling a friend. And um, we were hanging out outside of Shuba's, which is a small venue in Chicago. Uh, Ariel Posen was playing a show there, and Matt was tailgating before in the in the mule van before the show. And he got this this wonderful idea for him and Nathaniel to eat the hottest chip in the world, one chip each. And Nathaniel was going to try and play guitar after eating the hottest chip. And, well, here's how it went. One chip challenge, reaper pepper, scorpion pepper. So what's going to happen here is we're going to eat the world's hottest chip. And then Nathaniel's going to try to play guitar. We're going to see if they Murphy cry today. I have, to, I have to admit, this was entirely my idea. Well, I'm on nose. Don't rub your I'm sweating right now. What's going to happen with this fretboard? I know someone who can fix it. This chip is so big. I'm going to try and play some Danny again. Long live the queen. I'm Irish. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. I'm Irish. <laughs> I just inhaled the powder. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Nathaniel Murphy so playing Queen Danny again. <laughs> Uh, with that, I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show. But one, actually, one important notice before I let you go. Um, guitarsonals, I want to see your guitarsonal. Please, please, please take a picture amongst all of your guitars with your guitarsonal shirt on and send it to me. And I know some folks have tried to do that uh, just recently, and they said, hey, Tone, the link is broken. What's the deal? Well, I'm switching some things up. To make it easy for you, I'm going to go ahead and put the submission link directly 
in the description of this video. So just go ahead and look in the description. You'll see a link to submit your guitar arsenal. Wham, bam, you'll get featured on the Acoustic Tuesday show with your awesome collection of guitars, or maybe even just a single guitar that you love oh so dearly. Okay, now I'm ready to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show, and I already alluded to what's gonna happen next week, and uh, let's take a sneak peek anyway. Uh, next week, I will be talking about the Fretboard Summit in Chicago. Uh, Fretboard Journals, uh, we'll call it a weekend guitar conference where I happen to learn one of the most important life lessons I've ever learned, uh, ever. Uh, and it was, um, it's pretty profound in my opinion. And I think it'll change your perspective on your guitar journey and quite possibly your life as well. Not to get all deep and not to get all like wooey, um, but it's a big one. It's important. And I want you to tune in. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. I want to thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. Before I let you go, let me do remind you of this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Thank you again for watching the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Thank you for being a guitar geek, and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers, guitar geeks unite.